Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Randall ministers to us today. Praise God. Let's pray. And, and Father, we thank you for the privilege of preaching your gospel. We thank you for the word uh, last week that went, went forth. And we pray that you would just help me to continue to preach in the power of your spirit, uh, that your people would grow and be all that you're calling them to be. And most of all, before growth can take place, there must be spiritual birth. For those who know not the Savior, it is our prayer that they come into a saving relationship as your personal Savior. We pray, Lord, that you help us to be still and not be distracted by technology of thoughts wandering outside of the house of God into the activities of life. Help us to be all here in body, mind, and spirit. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, turn with us to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 11 through 12. Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 11 through 12. We are going to see this text that many look over, and I've been belaboring this text because it is a text that's so pertinent for the times in which we live. Uh, The text says in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, He came to his own, and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. My friend... I want to give you the message title for this morning, and it is The Rejection of Jesus. The Rejection of Jesus. Because God so loved the world, he gave heaven's best, the apple of his own eye, who was the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person in the Godhead. Jesus humbly submitted himself to the Father's will and was born as God in human flesh to make salvation available to mankind. Our Lord, our God, our Savior submitted himself to his own creation. He was humanity's perfect gift and example while he on earth. While he on earth, our Lord was full of compassion. While he on earth, our Lord was full of grace. While he on earth, our Lord was full of truth. Jesus did miracles such as feeding thousands, healing the sick, restoring sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, made the lame walk and even raised the dead. And yet he was mocked and rejected by his own siblings, by political and religious leaders of his day and so many others. The Gospel of John chapter 12 verse 37 says, but although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. Despite the miracles, in spite of seeing all the great miracles he had done, sight to the blind, the deaf hear, the lame walk, people being raised from the dead, they rejected him. Beloved, it is impossible to live in this life and not experience rejection. Jesus experienced rejection throughout his life and ministry because he was so hated. He was rejected because he was reviled. He was despised. They ridiculed and maligned him. 
They rejected the Savior so much that they spit in his face. Now, how low down can you get? Can you imagine how it feels to be spit upon right in your face? And yet, God did not get even. He did not revile. He did not fill his heart with vengeance. They beat the Savior. They scourged the Savior. They hated the Savior. And they ultimately put him on a cross. He experienced excruciating pains, humiliation, and even death. The nation of Israel as a whole rejected their Messiah. Therefore, do not be surprised when they reject you as Christians as well. What rejections do we encounter in life? What rejections do we encounter in life? Number one, some members or some Christians leave the church because of perceived rejection. Uh, For example, if you were not chosen to lead a song, you were not selected for leadership position, or your suggestion or request was not accepted, or perhaps you were not asked to be on program, or someone failed to thank or acknowledge you personally or publicly, uh, you feel a sense of rejection just because you were omitted, all of which lead to perceived rejection. Philippians 2.4 says, let each of you look out not for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. It's not about you, it's about God. That's right. If your name don't appear on a program, if you're not thanked publicly, realize that at the end of the day, you're going to hear your Lord and your God, our Lord and our God say, servant, well done. Uh, Secondly, sometimes church leadership even experienced rejection when some in the congregation refused to receive or conform to truth. They would rather make the pastor or church leadership the issue instead of accepting the truth of God's word uh, for themselves. In response, they will attack the pastor, attack the elders, the leadership, uh, coordinators, criticize, malign, gossip, and even attempt to remove church leadership instead of applying the truth of God's word to their own lives for personal transformation. Instead of applying the truth of God's word to their own lives, they, they get indignant and they get beside themselves and they raise hell in the church. And there's a great scripture on that that I didn't give the last time, but I want to give this time. It's found in a tiny little book at the end of the Bible, uh, 3 John, verses 9 and 10. 3 John 9, 10, you say, why, why, you, why you didn't say chapter? Because th- that's it. It's, it's just one little chapter. <laughs> uh, 3 John 9 and 10, it says, I wrote to the church about this, but Diotrephes, who loves to be the leader... That's why some, some churches are torn up. You got people who want to be the leader or they love leadership so much so they won't even give somebody else a chance to lead. They love leadership. Look, look what he does. Refuses to have anything to do with us, the leadership, the church leadership, the old beloved apostle John. Then look what it says in verse 10. When I come, I will report some of these things he is doing And the evil accusation he is making against us. Who's us? The leadership. Not only does he refuse to welcome the traveling teachers, 
He also tells others not to help them. You got folk like that in the church today. They're not going to give. They're not going to do. And they encourage others not to give. And they encourage others not to do. There's nothing new under the sun. Here it is right here. He also tells others not to help them. And, and look, and when they don't do what Diotrephes says, and when they do help, you know what he does? He puts them out of the church. Now he was a bad man in the house of God. And you have folk in the church today with that kind of spirit. Things don't go their way. They, they don't, their way, they don't, they don't humble themselves. They don't give it to Jesus. They just want to take control and use their influence, use their strength, use their power you know, to tap the church, put folk out to manipulate and to control. And those kinds of people wreak havoc in the church. And they are in uh, the church. Satan plants them there to wreak havoc in the Lord's church. Number three, so, sometimes God orchestrates or permits rejection in our lives through closing doors or blocking paths in order to redirect us into his perfect will. Acts chapter 16, verses 6 and 7 says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden uh, by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. They wanted to do a good thing in Galatia, Galatia and Asia, to preach the gospel, but the Holy Ghost forbid them even in doing a good thing. Verse 7, after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. They were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. They were under the control of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was their divine guide. I want to say something, beloved. Be mindful what you think is rejection is actually an opportunity for a greater blessing for God to do a new thing in this season of your life. Sometimes God lets you go through rejection, go through being laid off, go through being fired, go through a setback, go through a turn of events in order to give you new opportunities in this season of your life. We must learn to be patient with the Lord because he's at work even when we don't understand. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Number four, another form of rejection is racial discrimination, simply because of the color of your skin. You should never judge a person because of how God created them. That's a slap in the face of God when you resent somebody because of the color of their skin. God created us 
to be who we are. He is the one who gave us our race, the color of our eyes, our hair, uh, or where we were to be born, where we were to, where we were to live, and so forth. Racial discrimination is displayed through hiring practices, salaries, and promotion, police profiling, racial profiling, resentment toward interracial marriages and interracial children, quality of education, and the justice system. The scripture says in Acts 17, 20, 17 26, and he has made from one blood, say one blood, the blood of Adam and Eve, every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. God, God pre-appointed and, and uh, the, t- the time when you were to be born, where, were you, where you were to be born, what color you were to be, what family you would be in, all these kinds of things. How, what you would do in life. He, he would set the boundaries in your life. First John chapter 4 verses 20 and 21 also says, if someone says, I love God, you can't be people. Oh, I really love the Lord. I love God and hates his brothers. The scripture is saying in so many words, shut up. You're lying. There it is in the scripture. He is a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he... Look look what it says. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. Look, Look at the person next to you. You got to love them. Look to the other side. You got to love them. Look behind you, by the way. You got to look. Look at the front. Love. Love people. You got to love people you like. You got to love people you don't like. You got to love difficult people. You got to love pretty people. People you think are ugly. People short, tall, black, white, in between. You got to love folk who are even sinful. That's right. You, You got to love people in spite of their condition. Because there was a time you were living in sin, but by the grace of God, he saved you and sanctified you and redeemed you out of that sin. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Beloved, don't expect the blessings of God nor wisdom from him if you possess a spirit of racial Prejudice. I say it again. Don't expect the blessings of God on your life, nor the wisdom of God from our Lord, if you possess a spirit of racial prejudice. God is love. Let's say it together. God is love. Let's say it again. God is Thank you. And he expects us to reflect his character and not hate anyone. The worst of the worst. The effects of hate are so devastating. It causes ulcers, stress, insomnia. It brings on depression, heart problems, inability to think clearly. It, it, uh, uh, it brings on bitterness, vengeance, hinders your prayer life, and breaks your fellowship with Almighty God. And number five, you bring rejection upon yourself by how you look, dress, carry yourself, and speak. Okay, let me say it again. You bring rejection upon yourself by how you look, dress, carry yourself, and speak. For example, sagging pants, clothes that are too tight, 
short or revealing clothes, grill in your mouth, crazy colored hair, excessive tattoos and body piercing, being too loud and obnoxious, uh, and using improper English. Expect to be rejected. Romans 12, 2a says, and do not be conformed to this world. In other words, that passage says, don't allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. People who are interviewing for employment want you to be acceptable in your attire and appearance. If you want to look weird and scare people, people then expect to be rejected. People make decisions or judgments about you based on on your outward appearance. For example, adopting children, going through that process, and you're going to go and want to adopt a child looking all crazy. Your dress, your appearance as a professional, doctor, attorney, architect, news media, news anchors, uh, dating young ladies, y'all not let a man come in before your parents scaring your parents the way he looks. Okay, and vice versa, bringing that boy in the house and he's looking like uh, who knows what. Uh, acceptable dress for job interviews, internships, applying for bank loans. All these things add up. First Samuel 16, 7b says, for the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance. Yes, they are looking at you. Yes, I have a stage presence about me up here. You're not going to see me up here with a polka dot pink black suit. <laughs> You're not going to see. I'm not wearing all this jewelry all over me, swinging all over me. I'm not going to have five golden rings and then a bracelet hanging down here and I'm jingling when I'm preaching. I am not going to have all that because I want you to see Christ in me, the hope of glory. And it is my primary responsibility to get people to Jesus. And I need to have a stage presence about myself that reflects that. I'm not going to come up here looking like the average anybody to attract folk in him. Seeker friendly. You know, I'm not going to preach in any kind of thing. If other preachers want to do that, have at it. You say you old fogey. Well, let me tell you something. The word of God is an ancient book. And I don't feel like I got to dress all the way down to flip flops to reach you for Christ. Huh? And some of y'all think y'all can drag it here. Look, well, I can come to church about come as you are. Well, listen, you ought to grow up too. Yeah, you ought to come as you are when you first come in. But as you start maturing, you, there ought to be a sense of dignity in your dress as you come before the Lord. That's right. You're not going to go to the governor's mansion that way. You're not going to go to the White House that way. You're not going to go to special events that way. But you're going to come before the king of kings and lords of Lord any kind of way and expect God to accept your praise and worship. You need to prepare. The scripture says prepare to meet with God. You need to prepare to meet with God. I lay things out before. I think about what I'm going to wear. I put time and effort in what I'm going to do. I'm not up on Sunday morning. I get up too early to be trying to match stuff and this, this right and that right. And then you can't find one sock and one sock is white, nut and black and all that. I don't have time for that as early as I got to get up. 
You need to plan to worship God. Now, I'm not the other side of that. I'm not saying you got to have a three-piece suit and you got to have the finest of finest to worship God. I am not saying that. If you want to wear slacks, if you want to wear blue jeans, that is fine. But it ought to look nice. It ought to be acceptable. It ought to be decent. Amen. It ought to not be distractive. It ought to not be distractive. You don't have to wear a suit to worship God in this place. If you want to wear a suit, that's fine. But you can be clean-looking and be casual at the same time. You can even have dignity in your casual dress to the glory of God. Because you can have a suit and be the biggest hell, hellion in there. You do know that, don't you? You know, some folk tap the church with suits on. <laughs> don't allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Number six, Christian business owners will encounter rejection if they do not have the ability to sell themselves as well as their product or services effectively in a professional and knowledgeable manner. They lose credibility with their customers. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine 29 says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. To achieve success, you must pray. If you want to be successful, here's what it takes. You must, you, you, you must pray. You, you must prepare yourself to be successful. Educate yourself. Uh, you must work hard. You got some educated folk that don't want to work hard. They got a degree, but they have a very poor work ethic, and they still get fired with a, with a $200,000 loan. So to achieve success, you must pray, prepare yourself, and work hard. Say work hard. Work Say pray, pray, prepare yourself, pray yourself. and work hard. work hard. That's right. You need to work hard at what God has called you to do. Now, if you are working, and if it's not what God has called you to do, don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid to transition. Don't stay somewhere miserable and making everybody else miserable around you. I'd rather have less pay and be fulfilled than have top pay and I'm in agony every time I get up to go to work. You want to pray if you're going to be successful. You want to prepare yourself if you want to be successful. You need to work hard and have a good work ethic if you want to be uh, successful. In other words, let me just sum it up like this. Your gift will make room for you. Did you get that? Your gift will make room for you, young people. And stop thinking the whole world is against you, and that's why you can't succeed. Well, I can't succeed because I didn't have a daddy. I didn't succeed. I couldn't succeed because I was in the projects. I can't succeed because I was black. I can't succeed because uh, I went to uh, a subpar school. Let me tell you something. Stop blaming everybody else for your personal negligence. That's really what it is. It's everybody else's fault. It's the government's fault. It's the president's fault. It's mama's fault. It's daddy's fault. It's my brother's fault. What about you? What You need to take responsibility for your own action if you want to be successful. That's right. Stop looking for handouts. That's right. I had, I had 
uh, third world persons with us, preachers uh, in our home. And I said, do y'all have welfare over, over where you are? They said, what's that? I said, you have Medicare? What's that? I said, you have Social Security? What's that? <laughs> I, said, well, I just went on, on and on. What's that? What's that? What's that? And we got all of these things. And we still don't succeed. And we blame everybody for our personal negligence. Now, you can get quite all you want. The truth going to set you free. Your gift will make room for you and God will elevate you to places or positions unimaginable when you glorify God, honor him, acknowledge him, and serve him with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. God will exalt you. He will elevate you for his glory. Not for yourself, for his glory. For his glory. It's not about you. God, you have lifted me up to spotlight your name. To make your name great. So now, in other words, let me sum this up this way. Do not expect to excel with very little applied effort. You reap what you sow. That is a principle. If, 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 if you don't sow nothing, don't expect nothing. You can't Say, oh, I'm going to get some collard greens in my front yard, and you haven't sown collard greens. Where are the collard green seeds? What hole have you opened up? Where's the fertilizer? Where's the dirt? Where's, where's the weeding of it? Where's the pampering of the soil and the plants so you can get those collard greens? Oh, Lord, I'm praying for some collard greens. And God has said, did you sow some seeds? You reap what you so, and don't get mad because you 50 and don't have nothing. <laughs> do, do not expect to excel with very little applied effort. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy, yet even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.